Praise the Lord. Well, we got, we got enough uh, new faces. I want to introduce our next speaker. We do have, if you have a, a brochure, you'll get a little bio on them. And I know many of you know them and, and have been dear to your heart for years, but some of you might not know them. And our first speaker, I've asked to, to minister all week long, and I believe we're following the, the, the Spirit precisely. And I want to emphasize that because it's very difficult. Many times I, I looked at a piece of paper for months and had about 20 names on it. And there's a lot of guests I could bring in. And I did talk to one. I really, really got so far as to talk to one on the phone from Texas. I was going to have him come in. And I just didn't, didn't sit, sit right. And uh, so I want to obey the Holy Ghost. And our first at 1 o'clock all week long, Pastor Bill Hake is, is going to minister to us. And I've, I've asked him to stay on a theme, but he's got liberty to follow the Holy Ghost. And uh, I believe the experience that God's worked into him and seasoned his life will really, really bless you. I met Bill, oh, I don't know, probably 20 years ago by now. More than that now? 22. Janny Grine introduced us. And I, I'll never forget it because my wife and I were in a hotel. We had just come in. I didn't know who this guy was and from Adam. And uh, he put us up in a hotel. Well, that's nice, isn't it? And uh, we got in about 11 o'clock at night, and the pastor comes to make sure we're okay. Well, that's nice too, isn't it? And so he, he, he calls me, and he's in the lobby. So I told my wife, well, you know, I need to go down and greet him. I said, I'll just be five minutes. You, you know, I'll, I'll be back. <laughs> I, I went down there, and there was two mistakes. There was Bill Hake, and there was coffee. And I, and I think it was about three hours later, about three in the morning. Why? Because we started talking the things of God. Amen. And God really put us together in the spirit. And I believe the landmark is a place where that can happen to you too. Amen. And uh, there's so much treasure already here in this uh, uh, auditorium. So we want to open our hearts to receive from Bill. And uh, then after that, we've got a follow-up. Uh, with two others that are coming, and we'll introduce them to you as we go. One final thing I need to share about this evening, and we'll repeat that, is when we do have dinner, which is served at 5 o'clock, we want everyone to know uh, that uh, we've had uh, uh, an amazing response. What do we say? Over 130 are registered for dinner. So what that means is we need to, we need to really dig into the Hebrew and the Greek of the word fellowship, and, and the, the root word of fellowship means sit upon one another. So, so, so we're going to have a meal, but we're going to fellowship, all right? And you might be dipping your bread in the sauce of the person next to you, but that's okay. Hallelujah. Pastor Bill, are you ready? Amen. Come and bless the people. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's a joy to be here. Well, let's release our faith right now. Father, we thank you for this ordained time of your Holy Spirit. We re release our faith for his ministry right now. He will guide us into the truth, and the truth shall bring liberty. Father, we open our heart in the fear of the Lord to hear all that you would say. And may there be an impartation of strength and wisdom today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, I wanted to go to uh, the epistle of Jude, and just as a text for the week, 
It says, keep yourselves, verse 21, in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And if some have compassion making a difference, uh, what I'm going to be focusing on is making a difference. Our life needs to make a difference. We need to make a difference in our Jerusalem where you're planted and wherever you go to the othermost part of the earth. At the end of our life, we should be able to have the testimony that we made a difference because of Christ in us. We made a difference in the life of someone else. Someone else's life was touched and changed. Now, before I get into specifics on that, I do need to share a truth to you that could transform your life. Pastors, you listen real close to me. Leaders, you listen really close. Everybody else, you listen to. But Matthew 28, 19, God revealed something to me the first year I started pastoring. And Jesus, after his resurrection, he, and he appears to the disciples, he said, All authority is given unto me heaven and earth, go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And the thing we need to understand is that everything that you would do should proceed out of the revelation of who he is. And the word baptized there is not at all speaking of water. The word water is not there. But the word teachings there twice. Making disciples and teaching. And that the word baptize is simply to immerse. We immerse people. Jesus said to go and immerse people. Teaching them to know the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And the word name is reflective of a character, authority, and power. So we immerse people in the character of the Father, the authority of the Son, and the power of the Holy Ghost. And as we're immersed in that, we then are positioned to hear what He wants us to do. If you hear instruction on doing things for the Lord, and your focus is more on what you're going to do, than who he is, you will, and I say this absolutely, you will get into works. And you could have come out of some religious activity and be busting on that and you're doing the same thing. If someone tries to teach faith with a focus more on what you need to do instead of who he is, you're actually instructing and leading people into their own works. Oh, it might be a new works, the works of I do this and that and it's right according to the scripture. But our focus has to always be primarily upon Him. And as we enter into that revelation, you live every day that way. The motivation for all that we should do should be a love for the Lord and a love for the Father which comes out of seeing His character or His love for you. That should be our motivation. We have to be be able to answer the questions of, of, of what... How and why? Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. What? The kingdom. How? By the power of God. Why? For the glory of God. And that only proceeds out of your primary focus being on Him. 
And the way you stay true to the Lord and serve Him all the days of your life is just loving Him, the great commandment of all. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Everything else must come out of that. So I wanted to precede what I wanted to get into with that statement. And I want to add something else, a thought to you. Uh, there are a few different scriptures. Zechariah 10.1 uh, asks uh, for rain in the time, the latter rain. Deuteronomy 11 speaks of the, the early and the latter rain, which uh, would be a reference to the Holy Spirit's ministry in your life. Well, well something we need to understand is that in, in the realm of growing crops in most parts of the world, there, after the harvest seasons, there's a time of saturating rain. Pennsylvania, it's November. Israel, October, November. Harvest, and then the rains come and saturate the ground that root systems can grow. Because in the dormant time, trees and, and things grow down. And in the, the heated season, it grows up. But you, have, you cannot grow up beyond growing down. Just like in your life, you will not really uh, move in a realm of, of bringing glory to God beyond the depth of the roots that you have in Christ. Growing in humility, growing in love for Him, positions you that something can shoot up and withstand the heat. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So anyway, there's times of outpouring, times of, uh, of the rains of God. But you see, the latter rain is the rain that would come upon the sowing time and through the, the growing time. Now, in your early rain, it's a time of saturation. And concerning the ministry of the Holy Ghost and the Word of God, we need times of saturation. That's what this is. That's what this week. It's a week apart from everything else to saturate in his word. And what happens in that time is a rooting in Christ, which makes the way for greater growth upward as you go on. Now, we continue having a daily time in the word and prayer. And, and uh, the growth, you know, as you're, you're sowing the word into our life and we're obeying him. But then there's saturation time. So times like this are very, very important. You know, in our culture, which is so far away from God, it's not even funny. People will make a priority with all their vacations. But, you know, biblically, God ordained times of saturation, certain feasts. Times of saturation for them. The Bible doesn't really speak about going off to play for weeks at a time as some priority. Because if we'll live and abide in Him, we have rest from Him. I don't know about you, but any time I took my kids on a vacation, I had to rest from the, from, from the rest. <laughs> You're wore out. <laughs> but you see, in the abiding in Christ, we become stronger. We, we gain strength in Him. So this is a time of saturation. And in saturation times, I know whenever I would go apart, like meetings like this, I don't know what all went into my spirit till I go back home. 
until I get up in the pulpit and begin to open my mouth. And stuff starts pouring out of me because it was poured into me. Now, your mind will have some awareness. Yeah, you spoke this to me and, and, and something here. But with saturation, God's doing a deeper work. He wants to do a rooting in you because of that saturation of the water of the Word of God. So expect for that this week. Amen. That's what's happening. You're going to get some baptism here, immersion in the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Now, so I needed to precede what I want to get into with that statement. Because whenever you're hearing the word as to what you need to do, it must be taken in the light of who he is, or you're not going to handle it right. You'll add some of your own thoughts. You'll make a works out of something. Uh, if you don't feel you're doing well enough, then maybe you get a little condemnation. But when your eyes are on him, just loving him, whether it's conviction, power begins to come upon you, or whether it's a word of instruction or a rebuke, or whatever it might be, you welcome it all. Holy Ghost, have your way. Change me. Transform me. Hallelujah. Well, back to Jude. God wants our life to make a difference. Now, I want to begin with the context of the epistle to Jude. And in this context, it's, it speaks very much of what's happening today. He says we need to contend for the faith. Or don't compromise what you believe because of what's going on in the world around you. Many believers are living a life of compromise because they want people to like them. And when you begin to do that, it'll never stop until you lose everything. Until you lose your your convictions altogether. To be strong in spirit as Jesus was at the age of 12, that means you have a strength of conviction power working in your life. And that will sustain you through whatever you're going through. Well, he, he goes on laying out the, the uh, rebellion. Uh, in particular, down at verse uh, 4, mentions of what's been happening in the last 20 years with the seeker-friendly movement where they uh, pervert the grace of God to say, sin's okay, you can decide what's right and wrong. That is so right from the pit of hell and from the mouth of Satan. And to embrace that, it's only a matter of time. There are many who are hailed as great teachers who are teaching false doctrine and leading people into this thing. And once you open the door to something like that, it won't be long to what takes you out and destroys your life. Denying God as Lord or the authority of our life. Now, I know the way it reads, denying the only Lord God, but it's actually denying the authority of God. Because people rise up and say, I'll decide what's, what, what's right and wrong and what I can do and can't do, and nobody tells me anything. So, the undermining of, of the, the, the living by faith, the, the vital uh, walk with God will begin with these things here where grace gets perverted and the authority is diminished. And then it just leads on to all kinds of destruction. It goes on down, speaking of uh, verse 11, 
many go in the way of Cain, Balaam, and Korah. Cain, uh, he envied his brother. He actually was religious. You know, when you leave the vitality of the relationship with Jesus Christ, you'll end up in religion. Or maybe it's not the one you came out of as a kid, but it'll be a, re a religious activity. You just end up going to church and, because that's what you do. Now, I go to worship my Lord Jesus Christ with all of my heart. That's the command. All of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, all of your strength. Anything short of that is reflective of a compromise in our life. Or maybe we never really knew him very deeply to begin with. But to, to love the Lord Jesus Christ, to present myself, to give my very all to him. And to hear from him. You know, Romans 12, 1 and 2 really lays out. What should happen when believers gather? You present yourself to him, you worship him, and have your mind renewed by the word of God. Scripture lays out what we do when we gather. <laughs> and I love it. I mean, for me, I can come worship the Lord. I can go home. Oh, but I have to preach yet. So something else to do here. But God lays that out because there, if you'll, you'll put yourself in, to that you're going to receive back but you can come and just sit and come in dry and leave even drier but if you'll come in it's like the old uh, wells used to be you'd had a, a hand pump and you'd have to pump it some of you maybe aren't old enough to understand this but you had to pump that that pump handle and it would, it would make a pressure in the water to pump it up i mean it's Pressing down. So you had to put forth some effort if you wanted some water. If you're too lazy to pump that pump, you're not getting any water. And you're going to die. So we have to apply ourselves a little bit in giving our whole being to the Lord. Loving with all your heart. But then also all your mind. All your strength. All your minds that I'm going to focus on hearing what the Lord would say. And not be thinking about what I'm going to do later. We have to become disciplined enough. You can turn that off, turn that switch, and especially coming in a saturation time. I love it because everything else kind of turned off. For me, a lot of times, my saturation times are on missions trips. I'm there just to pray, preach, fellowship some, eat some food, sleep, pray, preach, wait on the Lord, wait on the Lord, wait on the Lord, dump it out. Great. It's awesome. <laughs> Oh, my. Well, he mentions here about Cain and Balaam, who was uh, wanting to use a service to the Lord for money. And then Korah, who, who, who was coveting authority. Satan always goes after authority. Wherever there's any authority. That's why he's so adamant to work his way into uh, people in positions of governments. That's, there's authority there, and they can... Do certain things where there's a release of power. Well, he speaks of, of what's going on. And just for context's sake, I'm just mentioning that. How they, you know, they murmur, complain, lust, and so forth. Uh, speak words to, to uh, swell your head up, to try to uh, benefit. Mockers, ungodly lust. It goes on down. And that was happening then. It's always been in the world, and Scripture shows us it's going to get worse and worse. 
So we don't really need to complain about how bad things are getting. The Bible's already told us that's how it's going to be. And we have to get our eyes off of that. Now, things that go on, and I, and I try to not be ignorant of what's going on. To me, it's ignorant to be ignorant. Yeah, you have to be aware of what's going on, but I can't absorb too much of it. It might hit people different. Some people get depressed. Makes me mad. <laughs> yeah, the fact that the devil gets more and more influence on people in this world and has them do all manner of ungodly stuff, I mean, that ticks me off after a while. So I, I can't take too much of that in. But so, so a nice thing, like, say, with the iPad, I can get on a certain website and just see, read the headlines. So I know what's going on, but I'm not getting emotionally influenced by it. So we have all this stuff going on, but some things you can't get away from. You know, when your neighbors are partying all night or something like that. <laughs> we just had a little incident of that the other day. And you can, then you have a decision to make. What, what are we going to do now? Well, when the Holy Ghost brings the word back to your remembrance, you know there's only one thing you can do, and that's keep yourself in love, lest you ruin your testimony. <laughs> We see more and more. It's like, and a lot of people get this escape mindset. Well, I want to get away from it. Get away from it. There'll always be this stuff around. So it's better we learn to be overcomers and deal with it. And our life begin to make a difference in their life rather than them making a difference in our life. So with all the negativity going around, the admonition here in Jude's 1 you have to stay built up strong, praying in the Holy Ghost. Sometimes in life, you have to pray more. Amen, brother. Preach it. Yes, I agree. Sometimes you do. Rather than just complain you're, having, you're being challenged harder, sometimes you need to press in and get more of God. The only problem I have is I don't have enough of him in me. You know, down at the, the last verse here, down at verse uh, 24, him that's able to keep you from falling, present you faultless before uh, the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Uh, God's able to keep you from falling, but you've got to keep yourself in love and full of the Holy Ghost. Back in the, the mid-80s, There, were, there was a satanic attack on people in the ministry. In 1988, I knew six men of God who fell into sin, knocked out of the ministry. This was like PA, Maryland, Delaware, New Jersey area. In that area. Anointed, had rather large churches. Anointed teachers, flowed into gifts, all that. You know, all those things won't keep you from falling. There's only one thing keep you from falling, and that's Jesus Christ himself, your relationship with him. And back in those days, I, was, I hung around different camps, and everybody at the pastor's meetings would always be talking about people falling, people falling. I'm talking about pastors falling, adultery. Five of those six, it was adultery. One of them was drugs. Some of them, God had me warn in visions and dreams. 
And everybody's talking. And people, they would say, well, how are we going to keep from falling? And people had these ideas. Oh, don't get burnt out. You need more vacations. That's flesh. So anyway, they'd say all this stuff. And I was a younger man. I'm still waiting on the Lord. So I'm renewing my strength and my youth renewed like the eagle. (laughs) 64 years old, I'm still a young man. There's a lot of work to do yet. But anyway, back in those times, and somebody needs to hear, so I wasn't planning on sharing this. I let them talk, and then I'd wait my turn. I'd say, Bible says God's able to keep me falling, keep me from falling. The reason I'm not going to fall is because I'm pressing in him. He said, I don't have any problem. The people are not my problem. If you begin to believe that lie of the devil, you're finished in ministry. If you begin to believe, these people are aggravating me so much, I need a break, I need to get away from them. No, you need more of Jesus. You need more of the love of God. More of the power of the Holy Ghost in you. Sometimes speaking the truth makes you unpopular. A lot of these guys, oh, here, he's here again. I wasn't trying to aggravate anybody. But when you're latching on to flesh, words like that rub you the wrong way because it brings a conviction. Because many times people might be in ministry and there's an anointing to minister, but their, their tank's getting empty concerning staying full of God. So whether you're a pastor or whether you're a construction worker or whether whatever you do, it doesn't matter. No matter what's happening in this world around us, no matter what kind of pressure's coming at us, we need to stay full of the Holy Ghost and be very purposed. Lord, I want to serve you all the days of my life. I'm going to fulfill your plan and purpose for my life. The measure of my lifespan. You know, the measure of your lifespan scripturally is the work of God. Jesus said, I I finished the work. John 17, it's time to go. 33 years old. He finished the work. When you no longer are working, you really, then people just try to cling and hang on. When you love this world, you're just going to cling and hang on. But But the work of God defines the length of your life. So for me, in my mind, if I fly a plane the other side of the world, I'm coming back. That plane is not going to crash. A terrorist is not going to take me out. Sickness is not going to take me out. Because there's still a work to be done. Therefore, I have a basis of releasing faith to whatever I need from the Lord because I'm living for His purpose and not my own. Hallelujah. <laughs> As my one son would say, tell us how you really feel, Dad. (laughs) I am, in case you haven't figured that out. Where was I? How did I get off on all that? Is anyone paying attention? (laughs) Stay full of God, yes. We need to stay full. That's the first order of business here. And the greater the pressure, it may be you need to give a higher priority priority to that, lest you wear down, become weak, 
and then the enemy can do his work on you. So, verse 21, keep yourself in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. We must keep ourselves in love. When people are doing things that agitate you, it's very easy to step outside of a place called love and justify it. Well, I feel this way because someone else made me this way. You know, that's how people get angry at their wife or husband. You made me upset. That's a part, that, that's irrelevant. My wife hears me say this a lot. It's irrelevant. Here's what we're dealing with right now. You see, once you go down the realm of making excuses for yourself, all change is stopped. As long as there's an excuse, nothing will change. We need to humble ourselves before the Lord, and we need to face and deal everything with courage, looking for the Spirit of God to bring change. Keep yourself in love, looking for something, the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. Now, a casual reading of that, you could think you're looking for mercy for you, but this isn't about you. The context, he's talking about all this evil going on around and us making a difference in the world. We need, in keeping ourselves in love, we are continuing to believe God for the mercy and compassion of Jesus to be released into the life of these ungodly sinners all around us. That's proper interpretation. That. Keep yourself in love because when you get agitated and angry and all that, it's easy in, in, in our minds to cut people off. Well, there's no hope for them. They're too rotten. People thought that way about Saul of Tarsus. And then there was a man named Barnabas. Even after Saul is testifying of being saved, people were afraid no one believed it. Barnabas had to testify and say, you know the man, my character, I'm vouching for him. But it's very easy to think, well, that person's too rotten to get saved. I'm not even praying for him anymore. And it's probable we've all done that before. It's very probable. I mean, it's just dealing with humanity, the human side of us. You can get so frustrated and agitated with somebody. I tried to help them 69 times. What did Jesus say? Seven times 70? And if you're counting up to 490, you never forgave them in the first place. God's long suffering. He'll bear with people and keep giving them opportunities way beyond what you or I ever could conceive of. So as we keep ourselves in love, we're always continuing to believe for the work of God in the lives of people around us. But as we, see, see, it's very easy to start getting hard. We don't even realize it. Where when, when there's a lot of things coming against you, you can easily forget about everyone around you. I got to take care of me. Now, we just went through this as a nation with this COVID demonic 
Okay. <laughs> no more needs to be said because you all felt the same way I do. I'm sure. But in that time where there is an aggravation and inconvenience and all the rest, I hate wearing a mask. Okay. <laughs> you have all that going on. And then you had our economy was affected for some more than others. It's very easy to start circling the wagons and drawing inward. There's times in life you have to circle the wagons. But we need to keep ourselves in love no matter how much is coming against you. So being a missionary-hearted person, I have to put this plug in here. Because in times when things get difficult, a lot of people don't realize the first thing that gets affected is missions. People aren't thinking about out of sight, out of mind. They're not thinking, and they, the support of those things will decrease because they're afraid, well, I might not have enough. Where's faith there? We've already exited faith and into this realm of self-preservation. So we need to keep ourselves in love in the midst of whatever's testing us and trying us. Keep ourselves by keeping in love, it forces you, you must continue in the release of faith. If you exit love, then you don't have to really release faith for anybody else. It becomes all about you, which undermines everything because it says in Galatians 5, 6, faith works by love. Love mandates the release of faith. You know, you could have all that you think you need in the natural and release faith for yourself very little. But when your eyes are looking out at this world and you see the pitiful condition it's in, you have to release faith or you'll get depressed by looking at it too much. So we want to continue with the expectation of the compassion of Jesus entering into other people's lives. And I liken it this way, and I've learned something relative to with children and you know we've we have a school again we had a school before for some years you know I taught in it and principal and developed our high school and did all that kind of stuff but working with teenagers I came to understand most kids they don't think about spiritual things very deeply for very long you know they, they do a little bit here and there and then they're off to play soccer football or dance lessons, or whatever it is they're doing. More, their life is more about play and more about activity. And that's just part of being a child. That's not anything negative. That's just reality. So every now and then I would see with different kids, something would hit them or something happen, and they really start thinking about spiritual things, and it would be like a window opens up. And I knew by experiencing this continuously that window might be open a week or two. And wisdom will pour in all that you have in that week or two. Because then it'll be back off to soccer practice or baseball practice or dance lessons or music lessons or whatever the, you know, they're doing. Physic activity. Physical activity. So you pour it in. Pour it in. A wise parent will do that. You watch, you watch, you pour it in. And you can make a difference in their life. Because when their heart would open up 
and they're, they're beginning to desire to understand something or more truth. And you pour that in, it makes a difference in their life. You see, you can, you can uh, shoot a fire hose on concrete or dry ground. There's, nothing's going to grow. But it's getting that water there at the right time, in the right place, will bring growth. And this is important to understand. A lot of people concerning receiving Jesus Christ, they're not ready. And if we're just doing our own thing, well, I preached to them, ha-ha, I witnessed, I really did a good thing. If there's no window open and nothing's received, you didn't accomplish anything. In fact, you might have just aggravated them that they won't really look to hear from you whenever the window does open. Because you're that guy. You're that guy. It's preaching at them. But as we have the discerning of the Holy Ghost, we, we can discern when, when a window's cracking open in someone's life, then you pour in the mercy of God or the revelation of the love of God, the love of Jesus. It can flood into someone. It only takes cracking open a little bit. That's why as a pastor, I have great joy doing a funeral. Because I understand windows crack open as people see their friend in a casket. And they realize that could be me. And they begin to think about eternity for a few brief moments. Well, I'm going to preach as hard as I can. Flood, flood on in there. Because that word can change their life as they've opened their heart to it. So we need a sensitivity. We're looking for the opportunity. We're not pushing. Holy Ghost is not a pusher. And we shouldn't be either. But as you watch the heart crack open, we flood, flood in right then, making a difference. Making a difference. Others, the way it reads, save with fear. And I, I, I study Greek words like every, every day. <laughs> because I use a complete word study Bible, and on my iPad I just go tap, 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 and I can see the definition. I look up if and but. Of the, because a lot of times they're not the way it appears in the English. Well, anyway, the first word and here, and some show compassion, making a difference. So in addition to looking for it, you have to show it. This word's the word chi and verse 22. In addition to that, you're going to need to show compassion. So we wait, we watch, we wait, we watch, we wait, we watch. A window cracked open to someone's soul. Now I'm going to show or release the compassion of Jesus in whatever way is appropriate in that situation. And others, or this word's transitioning to the word and, day, D-E. Transitioning to deliver them in the fear of the Lord. A casual reading, people conclude, well, some people you scare the hell out of them. That is incorrect. That doesn't line up with anything else. 
We don't put fear on people to get them saved. They're only going to get saved if they can see God so loved the world, He sent His Son to die for your sin. It's not, I'm afraid I'm going to go to hell. Then as soon as you do enough works, you think you're good enough, well, now I won't go to hell. So it's saying transitioning to deliver them, save deliver them in the fear of the Lord. Hate, the fear of the Lord hates sin, hates pride, hates arrogancy, hates the evil way. If you don't hate sin, you lack the fear of the Lord. That's the scripture shows us. If you play around with pride and he, 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 I have some pride, you're lacking the fear of the Lord. Because the fear of the Lord is the reverence, a respect and reverence for God. Out of respect for God, even though we hate the sin in them, the way of Cain, Balaam, and Korah, we hate that. But we have such a respect for God so loved the world, He sent His Son to die for their sin. We have such a reverence and respect for what He did and for who He is, that even though I don't like what's going on in someone, I'm going to stay sensitive in my spirit, keeping myself in love, that I'm going to watch, even though I can't hardly stand to be around them or look at them, much less hear what comes out of their mouth. I'm going to stay sensitive to wait for that opportunity when the window cracks open and now I can share Jesus. See, there's a transition. We keep ourselves in love. Staying strong. Having expectation Jesus will save people out of this. As I see the window opens, I'm going to speak and show compassion of the Lord. Moving into that place to save them in the fear of the Lord. Pulling them out, that same word as, as being caught up or the rapture. Harpazo, snatched out. You know, God can deliver someone out of demonic bondage in a second. In a moment. Hallelujah. And as they have conviction power come upon them while you are showing compassion or speaking of Jesus and conviction power comes upon them in that moment of time, we can lead them in that prayer of faith whereby they receive salvation. They receive all that they, the Lord would have for them. In a moment's time, everything can change. We need to, to, to keep this in our heart lest we allow like unbelief about concerning people being brought out of demonic darkness. God can snatch them out. And he's going to use you to do it. Hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. What I'm sharing with you is we're, our life making a difference by the power of God. Not our own ability. Not human effort, but by the power of the Holy Ghost. And there are some keys to this just working in our life. And the days we're living in with all the negativity, we can so easily get caught up in it. Keep yourself strong. Keep yourself in love. Keep having expectation and prayer. 
for the work of the Holy Ghost to transform, save, and deliver people. Continue to, to, to watch and wait, even though we see a lot of ugly things. Keep waiting for that moment. The window's cracked open. Hallelujah. Well, I'm going to continue along this line, get into some different things this week. I'm just sort of laying a foundation today for where we're going to go. We are in exciting times. God is, is, we're going to see great things happen worldwide. A great harvest of souls. Anybody hears me much, hears me say this all the time. We're coming into the time of the last great harvest for souls. I'm going to share some things relevant to that later in the week. But the thing we need to see is that's going to be all of us bringing in the harvest, not just like some evangelist or whatever, but it's through believers walking in the light of the ministry the Lord's given us as believers one by one. And Satan can try to shut everything down, but he can't stop us one by one. Carrying the power of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Amen.